Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll, an exclusive home of the Duff McGagan joke of the week. Hey, uh, Duff, uh, I mean, Chris Jericho, it's Duff. I, I, I'm kind of out of my mind because I, I keep fantasizing uh, that I, I'm Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, sometimes Bing Crosby. I think I have crooner virus. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> crooner virus. Uh, that's, a good, that's a good one. And the laughs just keep on coming. Duff's keeping busy. Even though the start of the Guns N' Roses tour has been postponed, he's doing a radio show now for Sirius XM, much like me. My show's called The Rock of Jericho. It's on every Friday night. His is called Three Chords and the Truth, and it's on Ozzy's Boneyard, which is Channel 38. Check it out Fridays at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Check out The Rock of Jericho on uh, Sirius XM Octane, Friday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern. Duff does a lot of encores as well. Just follow Duff on the Twitter at Duff McKagan to see when you can hear it next and be sure to check out my new show the saturday night special tomorrow night on facebook live every saturday night 9 p.m eastern come hang out ask some questions hear some stories we're going to sing some songs together uh, it's going to be a good time we did the first one last week and got two hundred and fifty thousand people checked it out so i appreciate it. i was able to uh give you guys a little bit of entertainment even though you're locked down at home uh, so check it out. Facebook Live tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern. It's the Saturday night uh, special. So let's uh, hashtag stay home together, practice social distancing, and help beat COVID-19, and have a few laughs and a little fun in the meantime and in between time. And then when all this is done, when we beat COVID-19 uh, this summer, hopefully we can uh, get back uh, on track with Fozzie on the road Save the World Tour has uh, been postponed and restarts in July. FozzyRock.com has all the rescheduled dates and ticket info. If you already have a ticket, hang on to it, and you can uh, use it at one of these uh, new rescheduled dates. Hopefully, you can make the new date. If not, you can get a refund. But as of today, July 10th is when we get back on the road in Columbus. July 11th, Grand Rapids. Uh, 13th, Indianapolis. 16th, Rockfest. 30th, and Harrison. Ohio, 31st in Flint, and then we continue on through August and uh, some shows in September before we hit the Kiss Cruise on October 30th. All ticket information at FozzyRock.com. We're also doing the uh, the uh, patented Fozzy VIP meet and greets 
So come hang out with us before the show. We do private mini concert for you. Take pictures, sign autographs. It's a great time. One of the best VIP experiences you will ever experience. You can get those tickets as well at fozzyrock.com. So go check that out and uh, get ready to have some fun when COVID is done. And we're going to have some fun today. Uh, my friend and former WWE referee and Fozzie uh, road crew member Marty Elias is here. He was the referee for one of my favorite matches of all time. Actually, probably my favorite match of all time. And that's saying a lot because I've seen a lot of matches. Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25, Reliant Stadium in Houston, Texas. It uh, happened on April 5th, 2009. And here we are 11 years later. We're going to revisit that match. We're going to do a watch along with Marty. Here's some of the great behind-the-scenes stories of putting the match together to some of the spontaneous things that happened in the ring uh, to the overall spectacle of WrestleMania and the greatest match of all time. Marty's also talking about what went down between him and WWE that led to his exit from the company just a few months after this historic match. Uh, all the information, all the facts, you're going to hear everything about it. Uh, let's get to it now, right here on Talk is Jericho. Okay, so um, I'm here with Marty Elias. Marty Rubacabla. Marty Rubacabla. Were you Rubacabla in WWE? Or you no, I, I was Marty Elias. Then why do I know he's Marty Rubacabla? Why, why because that was my shoot real name. Yeah. Well, Marty that, Elias is now my legal name, though. Oh, you changed I it? I changed it, yeah. What are you, Gorgeous George or something? Of course. Who <laughs> <laughs> was the other guy? Uh, the Maestro? Like he the, actually changed his the, name the, to the yeah, Maestro? Yeah, he changed his no, Maestro. No, Maestro bought Gorgeous George from whoever... And now changed his name to actually Gorgeous George. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like Warrior. He's he was Warrior. He was Warrior. He, yeah. was, he wasn't Jim Hellwig sure, anymore. You've you've denied the Rubicabla, uh Yes, I did. Fortune <laughs> to become uh, yeah, Elias. okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, we've obviously been good friends for a long time, and um, always trying to think of ideas for the podcast and that sort of thing. So, yeah. what I thought would be a great idea is when people ask me a lot of times, what was your uh, what's your favorite match you ever or what's your favorite match you've ever seen. And I always say Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker, WrestleMania 25. And the referee in that match was you. Was me, yeah. yeah. So I thought it'd be kind of cool to, to go back and talk about that that match and uh, just how monumental it was and, and for so many reasons why a match like that, we're never ever going to see something like that again. But so tell me a little bit. So how long had you been working for the WWE at this point in time? Because it's from April 5th. 2009, WrestleMania 25, and that's the one that was at Reliant Stadium in Houston, Texas. Yes, it was. I had been with the company for about three and a half years at that time. And I, you know, of course, knew Sean and, you know, would talk to him. And one of my goals when getting into the business, I always wanted to work a WrestleMania with Shawn Michaels. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mr. WrestleMania, I mean, the icon, the showstopper. I mean, if you're going to reach for the sky, man, reach up there, man. So. Mm -hmm. That was my goal, was was to do that. And Sean and I had had conversations, and I knew that he was really contemplating retiring around that time. And I told him, I said, you know, the window's getting smaller for the opportunity to work with you. So if there's ever an opportunity, I mean, you know, it would be great. And all he told me, he's like, well, let's work on that. And mm. that's all he said and left it at that. And then... Um, I want to say because you, you had worked with us a, a few times in our feud that we had yeah. the year before in 2008. I remember one for sure. Was it the one where he was bleeding? The Great American Bash, where blood is now banned from, uh, from that. I remember from you that. were in that match. I yeah. was in that. Yeah. You know, and matter of fact, I remember being in Mexico City 
when you had told me that the angle was starting and you wanted somebody to be there and you said, do you want to be a part of it? And I said, absolutely. And you said, well, go talk to Sean about it because we're going to need somebody reliable. And I went and talked to Sean and Sean says, are you down for it? And I go, absolutely. So he said, all right, we'll see what we can do. And I happened to be in quite a few of the matches. You know, mm -hmm. the unsanctioned match was another one that we did. Right. Which was amazing, you know, so... And it was You're a very reliable guy to have in the ring. I always liked having you in there because, you know, you could... You know, the best refs are guys that, that you don't even realize they're there until you need them there. Absolutely. You're a good for that. Charles Robinson, good for that. Kyoto. If you're talking about WWE referees, those are always the three guys that I always want to have. And it's funny, after you left and then Kyoto maybe been on another show or something, now there's a bunch of refs that I don't even really know. Mm -hmm. So you got to get, like, kind of a little bit timid and act a little bit scared. But you guys were never like that. You could be, you were, they were, you, were you were where you needed to be, which is why you're using so many of these big matches. Yeah, and the thing is, too, you know, we have a job to do. And if we're not doing our job, you can't do your job. And the last thing that the boys like yourself need to be worrying about is somebody messing up a match for you and stuff, you know. So I always went in there with the mentality that I was going to be the greatest referee for you guys. And you guys were going to kick ass and take names. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's pretty much my mentality. Was there ever any time that, um, how long has you been refing, refing at that point when you got into the WWE? Uh, I had been doing it for almost 15 years by that point. Wow. Yeah. Just in California? Just Indies in California, doing Japan, doing Mexico. I went to go work for Zero One in Hashimoto uh, in Japan in 2000. I, I went and I, I toured mm. Japan for two weeks with Hashimoto at Zero One. And Is that because they were based in California? They had a dojo in California or something? Or? No, uh, through Rick Bassman and UPW. Oh. You know, he was doing a lot of stuff for Zero One and, and Pride and stuff. So Nakamura, who was booking for Zero One at that time, came out and... Uh, was looking for some guys, and I just happened to go down, and I refereed for 10 hours straight, and he was looking for four guys, and he took three guys, and he took me. <laughs> and he pulled me aside. He goes, Marty, son, you work very hard. You no complain. You you work. I take you. And I went, thank you. <laughs> so, hard work, man. So you've done that in Mexico and kind of around the scene. How did you end up getting into WWE? I actually tried out for WCW in 96. Really? Yeah. No I, I, in Irvine, they, they, they did a spot house show at the Irvine um, College, City College there. And I went, I did a, a dark match. It was Juventud Guerrero against a local guy. I did that. And then um, I, I did some uh, security work for ECW when they mm. did their pay-per-view out here. And uh, with WWE, I did uh, dark matches. And, and this is something that I'm going to reveal here too, is that I did dark matches for WWE in 96 and 97 uh, in New York, uh, New Haven, Connecticut, and um, NASA Coliseum, uh, I was a manager. I was called Mr. Ruby. Really? Yeah. Uh, did it with Paul Roma. Uh, Paul Roma and a buddy of his, they were called the Pretty Primos, and they uh, needed a manager, so uh, I knew Paul. I'm actually godfather to Paul's daughter. No kidding. Yeah. Mr. Ruby. Mr. Ruby. <laughs> and Looking back on it, man, I was so green. I mm -hmm. had no clue about the business. And, of course, I had been in maybe two years, three years at that point and went out there and did that. But the real funny part about that whole thing is I went out there not knowing it was a dark match and what dark matches are. And I quit my normal corporate job because I was going to work for WWF. <laughs> Big mistake, people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so did you finally have a, a tryout as a ref to get in? Or? Yeah, I did. I actually had my first referee tryout in 1999 at the Honda Center, mm. uh, Arrowhead Pond. And I remember when I came back after the match, 
Earl Hebner was in Gorilla, and he says, your counts are too damn fast. And he walked away. <laughs> and I went, okay, thanks for the advice. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, so that was my first time doing that. And then uh, I actually got called to do a bunch of live event stuff that was just random stuff. They would need somebody in Bakersfield. They would need somebody in San Diego or L.A., and they would call me up and say, hey, man, well, you want to come work a match at a live event? One of our referees couldn't make it. Sure, man. So I went, I did a lot of that stuff for WWE, mm. WWF at the time. So I, I was lucky, you know, to get those calls because I would hound them all the time. I remember calling J.J. Dillon. I remember calling Jim Ross. And then Johnny Ace ultimately called me one time because I was calling WWE and sending emails constantly. And Johnny Ace called me ultimately and goes, Hey, kid, you got to stop calling us. We know who you are. Just leave it alone. Was, All right. <laughs> well, if you want me to stop calling you, give me a job. Give me a job. Yeah. Well, then, well, then how'd you finally get the job? I actually cut a promo on Johnny Ace. And uh, we, it was Monday Night Raw. I showed up. Because, you know, back then, you, you know, you could just show up with your bags, remember? Yeah. You could just show up. Guys yeah. would be hanging on backstage Absolutely. all the time. Absolutely. There yeah. was no list. There was no nothing like that. Right. You could just show up with your bags, man. And it's funny because nowadays people tell me how difficult it is. And I go, dude, we just walked in. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was at a Monday Night Raw. I uh, wanted to talk to John. And John blew me off. You know, uh -huh. Like he's blown off a lot of people. Right. And uh, he says, get me a Doors. Doors opened and I never seen him. So uh, I went to Tommy Dreamer, who was working in the office at the time. And I said, hey, Tommy, I said, is it cool if I go to San Diego? He goes, yeah. He's like, you can go hang out, but, you know, you can eat catering, but you're not going to get paid for anything. I said, that's all I need, dude. So I went down there and uh, I, I checked in with Timmy White. And I said, if there's anything that changes, just let me know. Said, all right, kid, no problem. So I went down there, and this is when the Batista-Booker T thing happened, that fight at the SummerSlam commercial. So everything was chaotic backstage, and uh, I see Johnny walking by himself through down a hallway, and he's got the script. And I said, John, I said, do you got a minute? And he says, what do you want? And I said, I'd like to talk to you. And he goes, he very sarcastically puts the paper behind his back, and he leans over, and he goes, what do you have to tell me? <laughs> and I proceeded to cut a promo on him, and I told him, you know, it, it was very profanity-laced, and I told him, I said, look, I said, you need to give me an effing job because I, I'm that good. I said, and if you don't, I said, it's going to be your fault when I go work for somebody else. I said, I'm an asset. I'm bilingual. I said, I'm the best. I said, you will never have an issue with me. I said, because everybody loves my work. I said, and if you don't take that opportunity to do it, you're going to be the guy who didn't sign Marty Elias. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he walks me over to Sarge and Timmy White at the table. And he goes, Sarge, give Marty a dark match. I want to see what he can do. So they gave me a dark match. It was Funaki and uh, Rene Dupree. Funaki beat him with the crossbody out of the corner. Mm -hmm. And they gave me a SmackDown shirt. Johnny pulled me aside afterwards. He goes, we'll be in touch, kid. So... Timmy paid me my two hundred dollar draw. <laughs> draws people go, what are draws? Yeah, you know? that's an old. That's when back in the day you could go get an advance on your money. So, does anybody need a draw? You'd get your two hundred bucks, and uh, sometimes everyone would always take the two hundred bucks because back in those days that might be the only money you got for the show. Absolutely, and you know there were times that that was the only money yeah. that, that you got. Right, and you know it was funny because you survived on that. Mm. You really did. And a lot of guys today don't have that uh, luxury. <laughs> and, that frugalness. Uh, 
AKA eating food off a, a, a old plate of room service outside somebody's door. Absolutely, man. You scrounge through those, man. That's right. You know, with five guys in one room. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> Somebody on the box spring when you take the mattress off. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I uh, cut that promo on Johnny. He gave me that dark match. And then um, about two weeks later, Tommy called me up and says, hey, you know, Johnny wants to offer you a job, but would you be willing to do it? And I said, yeah. But before that, Howard Finkel had called me. Because they, they wanted to, to test me out. You know the way they are, the mm -hmm. way they test people out all the time. So Howard Finkel called me, and I was working at my normal shoot job, and uh, my phone was ringing, and uh, this voice comes on and says, Hello, may I please speak to Marty Rubicabala? I was like, yeah, speaking. Marty, this is Howard Finkel. Can I speak to Marty Rubicabala? Well, speaking on behalf of John Leronidas, <laughs> WWE. You know, and, yeah, all right. I was like, okay, who's ribbon? Right. And uh, he's like, Marty, you know, we would like you to come out and help us out in Rochester, New York. And we, and I went, okay. I said, who's ever messing with me? I said, that's a good one. Click, hung up. No. Hung up on That me. happens so often that people don't re realize it. You know that Zach Wilde did that to Sharon when she first called him. About really? Gig, yeah. <laughs> but dude, you know, in the business, the way things are, you just yeah. don't know, man. Some guy like Gallows does a perfect uh, Howard Finkel. Reel you right in there. You would never know it wasn't yeah. him, right? And Matt Stryker does a great Johnny Ace, too. Okay, so. yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I was thought, I thought somebody was ribbing me, so I hung up on him. And about 10 minutes later, my phone rings again. Marty, this is uh, Howard Finkel. You know, we, we have an opportunity for you to come out to Rochester, New York, and help us out our Monday Night Raw. And I went, yeah, okay, whatever. And I hung up on him again. Twice. Twice. Jeez Louise. And, uh, you know, because, dude, you, you just never know, especially in this business. You right. just don't know who's, who's ribbing, who's not. And finally, he called me a third time, and I said, Look. "Did you ever say this is really Howard Finkel? Don't hang up." I, 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 <laughs> I said, "I said, Howard. I said, if this is really you, I said, you know, I said, can you confirm it for me?" He goes, "Are you standing by a fax machine?" And I went, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, give me the fax number, and I will fax you over details right now. I'll stay on the phone." So I went, "Yeah, okay, cool." So gave him the number. He faxed me. The fax started coming through. I seen the WWE letterhead, and then I went. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Howard, okay. Yeah. Uh, you just know, I understand completely. You know, so. Right. He got it. He got it. So then you're in, and like we said, you wrestled quite a few matches, main headlining matches, and we're going to start getting to actually watching Taker and Sean here. Um, what do you remember about the buildup to this match, both uh, from a storyline, but more importantly, behind the scenes? I remember people were excited about it because Sean and Taker had had that Hell in the Cell match would put that put Hell in the Cell on the map, and I know that everybody was excited because this was literally the first time that they were going to go one on one without any type and of. And the damage. Hell in the Cell was when Sean fell off the side of the cage. Yes, That's when Kane came out, uh, Kane ripped the door off. Yes, the, yeah. the debut of Kane. The debut. It's of kind Kane. of the forgotten. Pioneer Hell in the Cell, because mm -hmm. everyone just remembers Mick and Taker. Yeah, absolutely. With the precursor to that, with, at the time, a super crazy bump with Sean falling off the side of the cage. Yeah, on which the then, table. Yes, on the table, which then made Mick decide to take it one step further and go off from the top of the cage. Yeah. But Sean was kind of the first daredevil bump in a Hell in the Cell. Yeah, and, and then, you know, the whole debut of Kane, and then, you know, Sean going over in that match, and, you know, just the whole blood and just everything else. I mean... Th that that was the I think the only time that people had really got to see those two do their thing, and then the fact when they did the Royal Rumble thing, the casket match when Sean got hurt, uh, that was a whole Taker match too, and you know Sean was, was out right. for, for three was out years, for three or four years, yeah. three years, yeah. 
He yeah. broke his back on the bump on the side of the casket and all that stuff. Yeah, and, you know, back then it wasn't a normal casket. It was one of those wooden crate, you yeah. know, it was really just... Like a uh, box. A box. Yeah, a coffin. So, so you know, the, the, they hadn't got to do anything. And, and I know that that match actually happened on accident because Sean was the one who, you know, said, well, I'll just wrestle Taker. And it was like, it just started becoming what it was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the buildup to it was amazing backstage because everybody knew it was going to be something, but people just didn't know that it was going to be what it is and what it turned to, out to, to be. To me, the reason why I mentioned earlier it's something that can never happen again is because you had two guys with basically 20 years storied careers, both at the top top level. I'm not going to say they're at the top of their games, but Sean was pretty damn good at that point in time, yeah. as was Taker. Maybe they were at the top of the games, and if they weren't at the top, it was very close to it. But more importantly, like I said, these two giant names that had never really touched, mm -mm. besides the Hell in the Cell, but you yeah. kind of forgot about that. You'll never get to see that again. Like, two iconic guys that have been kept apart for basically 20 years in the same company. Like, that's insane to even think about now. Yeah, and, and you know, oddly enough that guys today won't be able to work with guys like that right you know and it's sad because you have guys who are veterans and things of that nature but you're not going to have guys like these two who really just set the bar for everything that's wrestling related you know as as gimmicks as characters uh, yes heels baby faces they could do both so well but let's let's just start start the match and you can tell me some of the background of it and that sort of thing as we go because this is a long match, and this was not even the main event of WrestleMania. It was I supposed was, to be third. It was supposed to be third? It was supposed to be third, and we only had 15 minutes. When we were putting the match together the Thursday before, Michael Hayes and Pat Patterson were the agents. This match was third, and we only had 15 minutes. So, okay, well, first of all, do you, were you privy to how they got it changed? Because I can imagine right now how Sean A got it changed. Absolutely, I can tell you. I remember sitting there, and Taker and Sean just looked at each other, and Taker rubs his, his goatee and he goes, Sean, how long have you been with this company? Mm. Sean's like, eh, pretty long, maybe half my life. And he goes, hmm. He goes, you know what? I've been with this company longer than some of my ex-wives. He <laughs> goes, we got 15 minutes. Sean's like, oh, I could go on first and do the dark match so I get out of there early. <laughs> and Taker's like, this ain't going to fly. And Michael Hayes, wow, I'll go talk to Vince. I'll, I'll, I'll get a change. I'll get a change. And within 20 minutes, came back, and we had 30 minutes. This is day of the show? No, this was Thursday. A couple of days before. Yeah, Thursday. Because right. so I'm looking Sunday. at the card here, and it's like, you know, Colognes versus Morrison and The Miz, Punk versus Christian Finley, Hornswoggle, Money in the Bank ladder match, you know, that shit. Santino Morella, Miss WrestleMania Battle Royal, mm -hmm. Jericho versus Snooka, Steamboat, Piper, Matt Hardy versus Jeff Hardy. Mysterio versus Layfield, mm -hmm. Taker, Sean, Cena, Big Show, Edge, Triple H, Orton. Hey, all due respect to Cena, Big Show, Edge, and Triple H and Orton, the main event of this show is Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. I, I got some good tidbits, too, when we watched this about Taker and Cena and, okay. uh, and uh, Triple H after the match. Well, that's what we want to hear. So, <laughs> yeah. like I said, it's a long match. Uh, it's an epic. Uh, it's from Houston. I'm going to pull the curtain back, guys. Well, that's what we're here for. <laughs> the curtain is going to be pulled back. Put it on for yourself and watch along with us, uh, with Marty, who was in the ring as the third man. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So once again, nobody builds up a match like the WWE does no. as far as the packages and yeah. all that stuff. Amazing. And and I think once again, it was almost like a icon versus icon type of a thing. You know, right? they, they they built this up so well, you know, because people actually wanted to see this. Yeah. I mean, it, people were starving to see this and the buildup for it was just amazing because they kept teasing everything. I mean, Sean would attack Taker, Taker would attack Kim, Sean would provoke him. And the stuff that we did even in El Paso when Sean came out wearing the all white, Taker That's came right. up from underneath. And by the way, guys, if you want to watch this, just Google Taker versus HBK WrestleMania 25, and you'll be right with you. Have to catch up a little bit. I, I missed my cue as far as when to start it, but we're in the we're in the packages right now. So put it on for yourself and watch along with us. It's funny. Um, we used to ha we had that a couple times at our WrestleMania match. Me and Sean, we went I think 25, and we only had like 20 or 21. And I remember we came through the curtain, and Michael Hayes was there, and he was like, uh, "Guys went long," and Sean was like. Hold on. After a masterpiece like that, the first thing you're going to tell me is that we went too long. He goes, go have a five-star match first, then come back and talk to me. Get the fuck out of here. And I was like, that's the old Sean right there a little bit. Yeah, but, the, but he was right. Absolutely. You know, I mean, Vince would always say, you know, I remember it's it's a Bubba Ray story, but it, but it's, it fits it, where, where Bubba went long on TV or something. And uh, he came back and Vince was like, if you ever go five minutes over on my TV show again... It better be as good as that last match was. Yeah. You know, this is what we do. When you have a great match, that's why we're putting in the time Absolutely. and doing this. And also, too, I find for WrestleMania, everybody wants to have the best match. Yeah. But only certain matches are designated with story and time to have the best match. Yeah. Going back on that list that I just read, it's definitely this match, Taker and Sean, and it's you know, Hunter and Triple H and Orton. And Orton, yeah. You know, those are big money matches. My match against Snooker and Piper, and it was it was a gimmick yeah. that couldn't have went more than six or seven minutes. Those guys couldn't go there. They could have. Steamboat could. Thankfully, yeah. it was good he was in the match. But yeah. Um, but that's why it's like this match should have had every moment of the 30 minutes. So tell me what you're feeling right now before you're going through the curtain watching these packages backstage in gorilla position. I'll let you know on a secret. Me and Sean were sitting watching this, and Sean, for the finish, see, and I'm pulling back the curtain big time here, dude. Wouldn't do it for anybody else, but I'm doing well, thank it for you. you. So, it's been 10 years. Statue absolutely. limitations is over. Yeah, so pulling back the curtain. So the original finish was, was the moonsault. But when we were walking through the match, Sean couldn't hit the moonsault. What do you mean? What was I? I don't remember the moon. So I haven't seen this match okay. since this two thousand and nine. Yeah, see, that's Corpus Christi right there. I remember Sean came out dressed up. all yeah. in white. All in white. Yeah, yeah. So you're watching that. So, oh, so and, and the, all the smokes in there. So you were involved in the setup of that. Yeah, I was involved in the setup of that, setting up the ring for Taker to come up and stuff. That was El Paso, Texas. Gotcha. So what moon salt are you referring to? Oh, uh, the finish of of the actual WrestleMania twenty five match. Moon salt to where. Taker, Taker catches, catches him. Catches Tombstone. Him. Tombstone. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. So, but the thing is, Sean couldn't hit the moonsault to save his life. He couldn't hit it to where Taker would catch him. Taker would catch now, him. And let me just say, that is very hard to do. I tried that for years. I tried it with Goldberg, as a matter of fact, with the with the lion salt, which is only from the second rope. Mm -hmm. 
Sean doing for the top gives you a little bit more height, but also a lot more momentum and speed yeah, coming going, over. Going towards him. Yeah. And Sean was going to the left. He was going under. He was going over, you know, so he couldn't hit it. So we actually brought in some uh, crash pads and stuff and everything. And he was still going off to the side and everything. So he uh, goes, you know what? Let's do a plan B. He goes, if anything, he goes, if I don't hit the moonsault, I'm going to land on my feet, take her, oh, oh, kick me, pull me up, boom. So we're in gorilla and we're talking and stuff. And, and Sean and I always prayed, you know, we prayed before yeah. we go out and stuff. So we prayed and we're sitting there and he's adjusting his hat and stuff. So I go, we still on with plan B? And he turns and looks at me, he goes, we're not going to need a plan B. <laughs> and, and at that moment, I knew that HBK, the showstopper, was, he was in, in the house. Look at this entrance, too. Sean always had cool ring entrances for Mania. He's he's up, all, like, elevated. He's like an angel, a, a cowboy angel coming down uh, from the heavens. The light. On a very, it's like a very Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, yeah. cherry-picky-looking thing. Mm -hmm. Like that, I never had a, a big uh, entrance at WrestleMania. I, that's why I, when we had Double or Nothing this year, I finally had a, a cool entrance. Yeah. So I was like, it's about time, you know. But yeah, that's one thing when you're talking about when you're when you're trying to practice something like a moonsault catching. That's not something you can really practice. No. You're not adrenaline enough. He's not adrenaline enough. When it's time and you get one shot, like you said, the showstopper. Yeah. When I worked with Sean at WrestleMania, the spot was I was going to do a nip up, then do a super kick. I hadn't done a nip up since I was 19 years old, yeah. 20 years old. I practiced it a hundred times and like I'd get it seven times yeah. out of 10, eight times out of 10. I was so nervous about it. When the time came, I hit that motherfucker straight up on my yep. feet, man. Check this out. I, I love this little subtle thing that he does. The, the guys today who don't know how to work don't get these little subtle things. What does he do? Look back. Oh, very cool. It's a big, long ramp in the stadium, mm -hmm. and Sean's looking behind him because Taker might come from behind. You just don't know. Yeah. It's those little subtle yep. things that just make that whole thing just make you sense. You know who does that really good is uh, Okada. Yeah. Uh, when we just did this little feud thing, there was a video that I had on the screen where it was done. He looked right behind him like, oh, he's going to come behind me. Yeah. Those are just little little things make good workers great. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And with him doing that, I mean, right there, it just told a huge story. You know, you just don't know, especially with the dead man. Yeah, exactly. Now, was this... No, okay, so this was... Uh, the next year, there was the rematch. It was the rematch. Was that Phoenix. Sean's last match? Sean's last match. That's the, until the Saudi Arabia. Until the Saudi Arabia yeah. thing. I didn't like that. I didn't like he came back bald and stuff. It's like, I didn't want to see that. I watched it, and I uh, really wish I would have been there. <laughs> you know but hey man right now at this point i'm in the ring and I, i'm just getting in the zone man i'm just getting in the zone and, and you know what's working with guys like this working with guys like yourself chris is that you get elevated without even attempting to get elevated it's just like your game and everything just steps up because the adrenaline, the crowd, the TV. I mean, you're in WWE. You're working with Shawn Michaels, Jericho, Taker. You know, you get elevated without even really right. Just being in the ring being, with those yeah, guys. And, and guys like yourself, Shawn and Taker. I mean, I enjoyed working with you guys because you guys just made me better at what I did. And, and it just made me elevate everything well, that you're, I did. You're, you're a professional, too. And once again, like if... 
you know, it's just part of the business. Sometimes you're in the opening match and sometimes you're in a match that means something. And sometimes you're in a match that has the possibility to be legendary and you are out there with these guys. Now explain how, uh, how, how, how you feel when you hear that Undertaker gong and the lights go out. Goosebumps. Yeah. Goosebumps, man. And you know, it's funny because you could feel the electricity. Mm. I mean, I'm sure that's a cliche, but you could feel the electricity in that arena, that stadium. You could feel it and just feeding off of the crowd. It, it, it was almost like it was almost suffocating where mm. it's just, it, it's so intense. And then, of course, with him coming out, I mean, their two entrances alone would, would be a main event on any yeah, card. This could be the end of the, of the, of the show right here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's, yeah, when when, the, when that light goes out and you hear the gong, I always call it the Taco Bell yeah. bong. Um, it's a feeling that you don't experience for any other wrestler coming no. to the ring. And I only worked with Taker a handful of times, but every single one of them. I remember that actually the first time I worked with them, believe it or not, was in Puerto Rico in like 2008 after I'd been there for eight years. And when that light went on on a house show, just like, oh my gosh, and just watching him come out, talk about, you know, the, the big league performer. This mm-hmm. guy knows his character yeah. better than anybody who's yep. ever had a character. Absolutely. He knows exactly what it is. Also, let me say that this has been a forgotten thing over the last few years, but this was in the middle of the Taker streak. Yes. I think he's 16. 16 and 0 right, right here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing. And back in those days, you didn't even need a title no. on the line. A, a Taker streak was a championship. Yeah. And, and every false finish was treated as such. Yeah. And you know what? It's great because even though people know Taker won, nobody really gave a shit of who was going to oh, win this yeah. match because yeah. it was going to be that match and what it was. And even though Taker did win, but people remember this match because it is. Yeah. The match of and once those that's why big matches are big matches. You didn't know who was going to win, and in this case, there is no winner and loser. No, if it's a great match, both guys win. You know, so as as the ref in there, what what do you know as far as what's going to go on in the match? Obviously, you know the finish. Do you know anything else that you're supposed to remember or not remember? Or? No, the the only thing that, that that I was given instruction, Taker gave me instruction, was that if he didn't get back after the dive. To shoot, count him out. That was the only instruction that I w- was given. If you didn't get back, if he didn't get, if he didn't get, if back he didn't in. get back in after the dive, and, and, and when we see the dive, I'll go into some other tips that and people I'm gonna, didn't and I'm going to tell you what happened on my end when that dive happened because it's ugly. Yeah, very, so very bad. So yeah, and with that being said, the only thing I was given instruction was by Taker. And he said, if I don't make it back in, if I'm out there, you shoot, count me out. And I said, no problem, boss. You know, when Taker speaks, you listen. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> absolutely. You know, like, like Taker's the godfather. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was actually with him in November. You know, he did a signing out here and I was out there. I went out there and hung out with him and helped out with Where the, was signing. the signing. Frankincense. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I went and I hung out with him. The promoter called me and asked me if I wouldn't mind coming out and helping him out and stuff. So I went and hung out. And you know what really is humbling to me is that he told me uh, that this match was probably his finest hour. Mm. And for him to say that with his career and who he is, I mean, it gave me goosebumps, man, because this is Undertaker telling me this. And he goes, and I'm glad you were in there. 
You know what's funny? You look about 40 years older there than you do now. Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> you were living that road life back I then, was, brother. man. The wrong kind of road life. I was Too in the bubble, cheese, bro. cheeseburgers and... <laughs> the Waffle House. <laughs> a little, little, little slick back hair that's falling out. <laughs> no, I mean, I was buzzing my hair to a, a one right there, you know? <laughs> Hadn't seen a gym in ages and <laughs> yeah. just was on the road and just, you know... Oh, man, look at that. Yeah. Still with the... Looks like Sean's already got color on his nose there. No, you know what he did the He's night before? The night before we were walking through that, and he caught himself. That that's what that was. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And and, and right here with the Aussie. Uh, yeah. I uh, yeah, the eyeliner. eyeliner. Yeah. Right here in this match, and they did it in '26. They were supposed to have a face off, but then Jerry Briscoe goes, "Ring the bell." So I went, look at Taker and Sean. Look at me. Watch Taker. <laughs> See. <laughs> I didn't do nothing. Yeah. It was like, we were supposed to have a face-off. But well, you can still have a face-off after the bell rings. Yeah. But they wanted to start off that way. But they did it in 26. If you go back and you look at 26, they started with the gotcha. face-off in 26. Gotcha. So I actually saved them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, once again, this is really cool for me because I always say this is my favorite match I've ever seen, and I've only seen it once. So um, to watch it again now. You know, in 10 years, I've only seen this match maybe four or five times. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. this has to be your finest hour in the WWE, right? Of course. I yeah. mean, hands down, you know, when people say, what's your greatest match ever? Uh, I always go WrestleMania 25 with Taker and Sean. Mm-hmm. And they go, what's your second? I go Jericho and, and Sean, Great American Bash. Is that the bloodbath? Bloodbath, yeah. bro. That was a great match. And, and you know, you really helped me out in that, man, because with, with, with that match, you, you actually gave me the, the confidence that, that I really needed to become who, who I became. As far as because you were in that match. Yeah, absolutely, man. Sometimes you need a break, right? And that might have just been a random placement because a lot of times for people that don't know, uh, they'll you'll go and uh, really have no say in who your ref is. No. Your ref will just be assigned. Unless it's a really big match. Look at that. It's awesome. Sean taking the big bump on the top. Unless it's a really big match with two big performers, they get to choose their they get to choose their ref just like they chose you for this match. Yeah. I, I was chosen for this. And uh You know, see how Taker just like Throws you out of the way, but that one second of, of hesitation is what allows Sean to take over again. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know what? That right there was just on the fly, dude. It wasn't anything that we said, okay, he was going to fake. It was just, yeah. You just did it. Just did it. Yeah. 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 You don't have to plan stuff like that. Like, that's, no. that's the reason we talk about when you have a referee who knows what to do and what not to do and where to be, you don't have to call that beforehand. No. You know, just work with me, Marty. Work with me. Stay with me. Come over here. Do this. Do absolutely. that. Absolutely. Know? Because when you're in there, in a match like this with a guy that you trust, you're calling to each other. A lot of times I'll call spots to you to mm-hmm. tell, you know, Taker, for example, if yeah. he's on the other side of the ring and I can't get there, I can't yell it out, Marty, go tell him to stand up or whatever. Yeah, tell him to feed in, tell him to shoot or exactly. whatever. You know, and, and, and in between right here, you know, I'm just jaw jacking because they're telling a story right there. And that's the thing that I tell referees today. I mean, you know, when you got guys like that in the corner, you know, Give them a count, but but don't sit there and just pull out the one, two, three, four, five. Guys do that way too often because you're going to kill somebody's heat. You're going to kill somebody's spot <gasps> in the story. Look at that backdrop. How tall is Taker? 6'10"? Six, 6'10". Ten? Six, ten. So stand, that's about a seven and a half foot backdrop. Yeah. Dude, when he hits him with, with, with the, uh, the last stride later on in this match, dude, I mean, he was literally 20 feet in the air. Look, look at that. Too, Once again, Sean, yeah, Taker not really known for being a... A power guy, but just no. gorilla presses Sean. Yeah. Sean was Sean was so good. That's I love watching this because 
you forget. You don't forget. <clears throat> Obviously, to me, Sean's my favorite wrestler of all time. Yeah. But when you actually watch it, it's like watching a, a Dean Malenko match or an Eddie match. Like these guys were so good, good. but you forget because you don't watch it in a while. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and it's amazing, you know, that <clears throat> when you're in this situation like this, you know. It's like instinct just takes over, and, and just everything that you've learned, everything that you practice, comes into play, man. Mm. And and you you just got to be the best that that you are. Well, and when you get to this level too, you're talking. These guys have been doing this probably at this point in time, twenty five years each. Yeah, uh, you know, twenty years as legit headliners. It's so much instinct and just knowing what to do. Yeah, knowing you know, the crowd, knowing exactly. positioning. Knowing the subtle movements, the mm -hmm. selling, and things like that. And what really is awesome in this match, too, that with the false finishes and things that we did later on in this match, this was the first time that Taker ever showed any type of emotion in mm. a match. In what way? Where Sean kicked out. At, oh, and Taker at, was like, I can't believe it. I can't yeah. believe it. I remember he was that. like getting physical and like. I think know. that's one of the reasons why I loved it is just the, the facials in this are so great as well. You know, another thing that just makes good workers great, like the little, little, little bits of selling, a little bit of facials. You know, it was we had a show the, the other night in Jacksonville, and it was Shima and, or Shima and Kenny Omega, and Shima hit Kenny with like a, an elbow, a, a knee from the top rope, and then went to do it again. And as he was going, Kenny was like, "Like, please don't do it, like a serial killer. Like, don't." He can't get up. He's, he's yeah. still putting his hands yep. up. People don't do that. They just sit no. there and take it all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, and it's like. If you were doing that for real, would you really be? Yeah, you, you, would, would your hands you really your be chest? down? Yeah. You'd be covering up. Like, Absolutely. Please don't do this. I Absolutely. always love, of course, the, oh, he's doing the figure four. Mm -hmm. I thought he might have been going for the sharpshooter. Yeah, he's, yeah. Which, of course, anytime it's, oh, it's a dig on Brett. Oh, my God. Uh, he screwed Brett. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, who were the other referees in the company at this point in time? Uh, Mike Kyoto, Charles Robinson, Jack Doan, uh, John Cone. Um, was there like a is there Scotty a, Armstrong, uh, and I believe Goose Mahoney was here at Goose. this time. Yeah, is there um, like when you're in, in a group of referees, is there a, a, like a like a quote unquote head referee, or all you guys kind of on Mike the same? Kyoto? And what does that entail? Uh, he, he'll make assignments. He'll he'll assign the the refs. He'll, he'll assign the matches. But from what I've been told now, you know that comes from the office now, gotcha. which is odd. You know, but um, at this time. Like for WrestleManias and things of that nature, it was Johnny who was making the assignments. Okay. And oddly enough, I didn't have this match. Charles Robinson had this match. Yeah. And uh, it it, it uh, turned into a little, uh, you know, resentment. But, you know, I apologize to Charles because Sean's the one who asked me. You know, Why are you apologizing? You're not in charge. Yeah. And, but, you know, we... About three weeks before this, we had a meeting. They gave out the assignments. Charles was there. And we were, happened to be in San Antonio, Texas. And I told Sean, very nonchalantly, I mean, I said, hey, I don't have your match, dude. Because WrestleMania was coming up. He's like, you don't? I said, no. And he goes, all right, cool. So Corpus Christi, when we did that taker the, thing, when he came white, up, yeah. yeah, he pulled me aside. And uh, he goes, hey, he goes, you got my match. I talked to John. And I went, okay. And... A day before WrestleMania, I got pulled aside and I got spoken to that I needed to go change it and put Charles back into the match. Spoken to by the by one of the referees? A few of them. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, they, they didn't like the fact that, you know, that 
Charles was taken out and I was put in. And uh, But, you know, I said, if you guys want to change it, go talk to Sean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I told like, him. Like, it's not like you're politicking for the job in Weasley. If they don't want you in there, guess what? You can politic your ass. It's not going to get in there. Absolutely. What, what match did you originally have? I had the dark match with Morrison and the Colognes. And so what match did Charles get moved to? The, the Colognes and dark match? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Charles. <laughs> I can see Charles's issue with that one. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder who was who had the main event that night. If it was so, if it was if it was probably Kyoto with Triple H. No, it was Scotty Armstrong. Oh, okay, it was Scotty. So Armstrong. Kyoto have big show, big and, show, uh, and Cena gotcha. and, and uh, Edge is what he had. Scotty Armstrong <clears throat> now is a timekeeper uh, in the gorilla position. He times the the shows. Or yeah. no, is he an agent now? He's no, an agent. He's now. an agent. That's right. Yeah, he's he, an agent he was. Now. But Kidman is now the yeah. timer, and Scotty's an agent. So yeah, there's a crossface. But take, Taker's turning, so it's more of a... That wouldn't actually not hurt you That's at all. That's a great that shot right there. Look at that. WrestleMania, baby. Whenever you see the expansiveness of the WrestleMania set, it always just makes you realize how huge it is, you know? You know, I mean, the entrance, I mean, just that rampway was like five miles long, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure guys got blown up just coming down. Well, that's down. one thing I always hate. It's like, okay, you got 30 minutes. Okay, well, that's six minutes for entrances because <laughs> it takes two and a half to walk down the damn thing. <laughs> yeah. And this was cool, too, because Taker was actually selling... And then, boom, goes back, rolls him through. One, two. And like when's the last on. time you saw Taker do a, a roll-up? Exactly. You know? See, but that's that's a smart move for, for just for the course of the match. If you're talking 30 minutes, 30 minutes is a long time yeah, for a match. So you have to have ebbs and flows. And the way they're doing this, it's, it's, it's really, uh, you know, Sean's kind of slowed it down, but it's with a legit cold finishing move yeah. that's won championships every time but Chris Benoit used yeah. it so people who know WWE know that that is I think as a matter of fact Sean might have lost to that very move at Wrestlemania 20 in, uh, in New York Square Garden yeah yeah because yeah, that was Benoit and Triple H when Benoit beat them uh, against Sean yeah three way yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah three way see that's another thing it's the same thing with Kane like you forget how big they are because we see them all the time but watch them on screen and when they do things like a backdrop or that side slam taker did. If he's standing up and he's got you up, that's a good four foot drop straight down. And you know, guys, we know how to bump and this and everything. That still hurts. It's it's a real earth shaker where it puts all your uh, yeah, and, puts and, your back in line. And the thing is too, you know, I, I helped build that ring, and, and these rings are made out of beams and wood planks, man. So you were doing the ring at this part? Absolutely, time as well? I was doing the, the rings there. I helped build that ring. So quickly explain what exactly is it? What is the mat made of? Go from the is it a, uh, you you have a frame and steel then you, steel frame steel frame and then you have beams. You have twelve beams. Eight go one way, four go the other way, and then you put your, your wood planks that go. You have thirteen planks that go side by side, and then from there you have foam, which is about inch and a half, two inches that you put on top of that. Then you put canvas. Tie that down, and then you put your ropes up, and then you start tightening in. Okay, so there you go. I always love when people get in there and think it's going to be a big trampoline. You're, the, the iron slats, wood, and an inch of foam. Yes. Go crazy. Exactly. Go have fun with that. Mm -hmm. See how it works out for you. Yeah. And and, and I always laugh when people use the F word, too. What's, what's the F word? Fake. fake. Oh, I know. I hate that, too. As a matter of fact, I just called Fuckers. the F word earlier today. <laughs> Uh, yeah, fake is never a word I like because no. uh, show business, yes, but nothing. Uh, look at that little thing sticking on the back of Sean's head, his little ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> He's selling, going, yeah, building it up and stuff. It's a little handle. Yeah. And, and it was great because in one of these elbows, he catches Taker and he tells me, he goes, tell him I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, he caught him right there. You there. Go. 
Yeah, it's later on. He catches him and he says, tell him I'm sorry. Listen to the crowd. So into it. That's another thing I was going to say, too, is that uh, did he super kick him in the... No, he he went for it. Take her, take her came down, down. down. Oh, and it's the Goga Plata. Yeah. See, once again, you got a, a, a move set for both these guys that everybody knows. And, and the match could finish at any time at any and time. people know it. That's right. And it's not just the choke slam and the super yeah. kick. There's the elbow off the top. There's the nip up. There's the Goga Plata. There's see, the, and you see what I'm doing right there? I'm giving them time to sell that. Sean's foot's on the rope, and I'm not sitting there. I'm getting... People mm. are buying that, and people are getting in, invested You're in that. You're pantomiming, too, like showing yes. everybody, look what's going on over here. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I want to get that guy in the Stevie Wonder seat yeah. to be able to to feel what I'm feeling, too. Stevie Wonder seats being in the last row of the uh, stadium. Absolutely. With 74,000 people there, I'm sure there was a lot of Stevie Wonder seats. <laughs> yeah. but the good thing is there's also the big Tron on either side where people can see it up close, but still, you got to be animated or else they're just watching it. You don't want them just watching the TV. No. You want to see what's going on inside the ring, too. You know, and then when I'm doing my counts right here, doing that, I'll go, I'll come up, but I, I'm not getting too close to Taker because th that that was always a thing with Taker as a referee that you didn't get too close, but you didn't get too far away either. Why didn't he not want you too close? Because you had to respect the character. Ah, cool. That's you get too why. close, it'll bite your head off. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's really cool. What a, what a, what a, once again, great little detail. From a guy, like I said earlier, that knows his character better than any that ever has. Look at this big man, too. I asked Vince one time, who's the biggest, who's the best big man ever? And he said, Undertaker. Yeah. Not even a second of it. I was thinking, like, more like a, like, is it Bam Bam Bigelow? Is it Vader? Is it this guy? And he's, well, of course, it's Taker. Duh. Yeah. Super agile for such a big guy. Yeah, he can do anything, man. Yeah. He just basically did a, a standing leg drop onto the side of the apron. Which, by the way, was back when nobody took bumps on the side of the apron, which in this day and age, everybody. everyone wants to bump. I said to Billy the other day, remember back in our day when you tried to stay inside the ring in yeah. the soft part? You didn't want to bump too close to the corner because it was the hard part of the ring? Yeah. It was funny because WWE did that pay-per-view where they had the 50-man battle royal. Yeah. And I went, how many guys want to well, be in that? <laughs> Here's Sean going for this giant dive. Oh, jeez. He just did a moonsault from the top the floor and crashed and burned. He, he really screwed up his wrist right there, too. Did he? Yeah, he really well, screwed up He didn't up his land wrist. flat at all. No, he landed he on the side. I'm sure we'll see a replay. Now, look at you looking at both guys. You don't want to start a count too early because no, that no. screws it up. You want them out there to sell mm -hmm. with your hair buzzed down to a one. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, my God. I look so horrible. God, I look like shit. Look at this. Yeah, and, and he olayed him too. He olayed him. He did. Yeah, but he's almost doing like a like a twist or something. Like, yeah, he's lucky he didn't bust his shoulder. He landed right on his shoulder. On it that. was funny because I told him afterwards. I said, "Were you going for a moonsault or a tornado?" Yeah, he goes, "I just went." <laughs> <laughs> I think he knew that he was Taker was going to move and just kind of psyched himself out. Yeah. Although, listen, there's no good way to take that no. bump. And of course, here's selling that. And so, is he up? Yeah, he's up. Oh, he told him that Taker oh, yeah. shows up. Because he asked. He's like, is he up? And I go, yeah, he's up. Okay, stay oh, with no, me. Stay here, with me. Now, here's the story here. Okay. Taker's going to do a dive. And the idea was he was supposed to hit the cameraman. Yes. Who is Jimmy Snooker's son. Yes. Deuce or Domino? It was Domino. Uh, Deuce. Watch, watch was this. Deuce. Watch this dive. Oh. Oh, I got goosebumps seeing that again, dude. Oh, you, my you God. Heard, you heard a crack yeah. when the camera drops. I thought that was his neck. <sighs> yeah. He, oh, my uh, gosh. That was one of the worst. Moments. I was watching this backstage with Kid Rock. Oof. We were sitting there, and both of us did what you and I just did and hugged 
like little girls, like, no, <sighs> embraced each other. Like, no. And I was like, take her, please get up, please get Because when I heard that crack of the camera, yeah. I thought for sure that it was Taker's neck. Now, conversely, Domino did not catch him. No. Domino was never seen in again. the WWE ring again. And here's a little insight pulling back the, the curtain. That dive was originally supposed to be on me. Wow. Vince vetoed it the night before. Oh, yeah. I, that, I would have vetoed it, too. And no offense, but you're yeah. tiny. Okay, watch this. So Sean pushes me because he wanted me to have my WrestleMania moment. Oh, geez. He, he wasn't even but, anywhere near But it's him, almost, is it his fault that's a hard dive to catch? And Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's tough to watch, guys. I it mean, is. I hope you're checking that out with us here uh, yeah, on the then, Watch Along. Uh, Taker was was so out of it, man. He, was he knocked out? Yeah, he, he had a concussion. Uh, he fractured his uh, his pinky and his ring finger, Jeez. and he fractured his collarbone on that. That but, guy does not have any luck at WrestleMania. Remember, didn't Brock knock him out the yeah, year he lost the yeah. strap or the streak, too? And then right here, I'm selling, and I'm starting to sell up more because I have no idea what's going on because when Sean threw me against the barricade. You didn't see it. I didn't see it, and my earpiece broke, so I didn't have any, nobody was in my earpiece. And the ear earpiece, is just Sean coming over, what's he saying to you right now? He's saying, sell a little bit more, sell a little bit more. I said, what's wrong with Taker? He's like, come with me, come with me, sell it. Keep selling, keep selling. So Sean's dragging over, knowing that Taker needs more time, so he's yes. bringing you in the ring yes. with him, basically yes. manhandling you to yes. tell you what's going on, because he knows Taker needs time. Here it is again. So yeah, there I go. Oh, you hit it. You took a hard bump there too. Oh, he's shoot. Oh, so yeah. you, you still hear that microphone yeah. crash every time. Yeah, every time, dude. That's the worst part. Yeah, and right here he's telling me to slowly count. He's like, just take your time. He goes, just work with me. I want to make sure he's okay. Well, okay, was the spot if 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 Deuce would have caught him or Domino would have caught him. What the spot supposed to be? That he's still selling, right? Still selling. He's, yes. he's out, but he he's just out. wasn't supposed to really be hurt. Yeah. So here, I mean, I, I'm I'm selling everything and anything right now. And also, you know that you got to take your time to get to ten because if you don't, he don't get up. Absolutely. That's the one thing about. And, and look how far away he is. Yeah. That's the one thing about New Japan. They have a twenty count. Mm -hmm. Look at Sean's face. Please, 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 stay down, stay down, stay yeah. down, stay down, stay down. I was like, oh shit! Now I got to keep fighting this guy. <laughs> you hear the crowd coming? Yeah. Selling that drama, baby. How did Taker not break his freaking neck on that? Yeah, I know. I still can't believe that. See, I'm selling right there because I was... Yeah. You are now the focus of this. If you count too quickly, you screw everything up. Yes. If you count too slow, you, use the, you lose the crowd. You hear them? Yep. And look at Sean look at Sell. Him. Yep. Got him. Yep. Wow. Even just watching this, the drama, you can just feel it. Yeah. And they haven't even gotten started yet. No, dude. no. They still got another 15 minutes to yeah, go. Yeah, we started rolling right here, man. So it was like, okay. And then and there's now, Sean. As, as Sean's tuned up the band. Now, mm -hmm. now as, a, as a performer, as one of the guys in the match, this is the this is the fun part. Yes. Now when you got the crowd and you know, oh, we got so much good shit coming. Wait oh, yeah. till you see this. Oh, it's catch some choke slam. Yeah. Nails it. Boom. Look how high Sean goes. Yeah. Sean was so freaking good, man. What a Look great... Look at the count. Earl Hebner would be happy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't too fast there. No. Nope. that's part of it, too. The count now is part of the drama. You can't Absolutely. waste that. And you know what? I'm hurt. 
Yeah. I'm selling. Right. Because you took a wicked bump. They didn't show that. If Taker hadn't taken such a bad fall, I bet you they would have shown a replay of you. Yeah. And also, too, this is when <clears throat> refs had names. Yes. They don't identify refs no. anymore. Because referees are irrelevant. Yeah, which is so ridiculous because name another sport. Well, football, you don't know the refs' names, yeah. I don't think. But baseball hockey, baseball announces referees every game. Hockey, you know yeah. every announce. Uh, Basketball. Referee. Yeah. See, I'm still selling. You know? And you have to be. Yeah. It's as much of a war for you as it is for them. Because that's the thing, too. You got to keep this in mind. In wrestling land... A referee taking a bump like that is the equivalent of a wrestler taking 15 bumps. Like, yeah. you're done. Yeah. See, and, and, and here's one of the things. See, I'm checking. Okay, well, are they going to be able to do this? But I don't count until the leg is f***ing hooked, man. Yeah. But this is... You don't count until the shoulders are covered. Yeah. Down or, or mm -hmm. hooked. See, but I was checking on both of them because... But just for people watching, the reason why Sean didn't hook the legs is because he's beat the he's yeah. beat up too, so he can barely make the cover. I, you know, yeah, I like boom. I like what they just did there. Sean just slapped it down. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't always have to be a vice grip. He, no. That that time he was able to beat it away, bat it away because Taker is hurt as well. And of course, now I'm giving them time because they're selling because he just kicked and, them. And with the super you also kick. know the Jericho rule that I hate, which is the I hate double counts. Yes, the ten count. Mm -hmm. What I try and educate people on is that instead of breaking out a double count, a 10 count, check on guys. Yeah. Ask them because th they may need you. Right. Or they might need to relay a message. Yes. Or what's the time or something like that. Where are we at? But it's funny because Sean earlier had already told me to stop giving him time cues. Why? Because he just didn't want to hear time cues. He didn't cues. care. Didn't care. We're going through this yep. and that's all there is to it. Yep. Really? Yes. So is anybody in the back... Telling anything to you? My earpiece is oh. gone at this point. Oh, look at this. Yeah, see? Jeez Louise, that's yeah. eight feet. Easy. Look at this count, baby. Look at the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to him, yeah. See? Look at look at his reaction. He'd never done that. Yeah. He's breaking character. He's human. Yes. The dead man is... is uh, yeah, the dead man is alive. So right now, just so people understand, you're supposed to have a, a earpiece that's giving you cues, letting you know where you're at in the time frame, yes. so you can make your 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 time, so it doesn't go over and affect other matches. But you can't hear anything. I can't hear. Anything. So are you looking at Mark Eaton if you have to? I'm not looking at anybody. I, yeah. I'm just. If you had to, though, if I had to, Eaton, I, I, yeah. I would look to Mark Eaton. At Eaton that point. was the timekeeper for 20 years. That would be the best guy. You could always find out yes. what the time was. He would tell you what to yeah. do. Another guy, I don't know why they let go of either, but oh, that's no. neither here nor there. But yeah, and of course, both of them are selling right here, you know. And, and Sean's down there selling as What's best. What's Taker gonna do? What's he going for? He's going for an elbow. Oh, I get it. The exchanging moves. Mm -hmm. I wonder if he's ever done this before. Oh, okay. He's the back bump. Yeah. You just hear those big bumps in the ring, and it's like it surprised me sometimes. It doesn't really just snap. Yeah. See, checking on him. But also, too, here's another thing. Once again, when two guys are down, you're the animated guy that has to provide some motion in the ring or else it's just a, a still picture. Absolutely. See, and as I'm counting, I'm checking on him because they could be looking up at me. They could be yeah, relaying hurt. something. Yeah. I'm hurt. And I'm still selling what happened to me earlier. I'm still kind of... As you uh, should. 
But the thing, Chris, that, that I see a lot, even at WWE and whatever, I mean, guys don't do that. Yeah. And, and the thing is, too, I don't think guys take pride in what they do. Well, I would say the same with some of the wrestlers sometimes. You forget yeah. what you've done five minutes earlier when it could have been. Now, now this skin the cat. Now, this false finish for me was everything that I had worked for up until that point. Okay, so Sean skins the cat back mm -hmm. in the ring. Taker grabs him with, that's awesome. Grabs him with a tombstone. Nails him out of that's a great spot. Now you come down. One, two. Now why is that your why is that the what you work for? Because look at that emotion face. on Taker's yeah. face. That crowd of yeah. seventy four thousand people counted with me and just that's didn't a lot of, see it coming. That must be a pretty cool rush having people count along with your count. Oh, absolutely. I never thought about that before. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? And that was everything for me because all the hard work to be in, in that moment right there at WrestleMania with these two guys. And also, was, he's been tombstoned. This is the finish. How yeah. in the hell did he get out of Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Now, that also shows how big of a deal this match is for Taker to allow that to happen because I can't recall yeah. people kicking out of both of his finishes in the past. Not at all. Not at this all. This is why it's a classic match. And look at Sean selling. Sean told me when we were working, I learned a lot. He goes, you just lie there. Mm -hmm. You don't move till I move. It's too long. It's not too long. It's never too long. Nope. Never too long. Just don't move until I tell you. You yeah. sit there for, you know, you feel like five minutes. Then you'd be like, okay, I get it. They're mm -hmm. still going nuts. And then they go down and they come back up in another wave and then yes, another wave. So he's still down. And then right now when Sean hits him with that DDT, you don't see that coming. And once again, too, Taker has not sliced his throat yet. So every little thing, you still haven't seen that. Mm -mm. He's still pulling out these well-known tricks that they haven't seen yet. So people go, okay, now this time, yeah. it's ending for sure. Okay. Yeah. Taker gave the signal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Look at Sean. Dead, limp. Look at that. Hard to pick him up. Yeah. Yep. I don't even remember what happened. So he picks up. Oh. <laughs> More of a shoulder breaker, but that's yeah. fine. That's one of those ones where nerds go, his head missed by six inches. Yeah. It's not the point. Oh, my God. It didn't land correctly. Yeah. yeah. He heard his, yeah, he just shut up. Yeah. Get in there and do it. They'll get it from a different <laughs> angle. Yeah. Well, no, it's like he, 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 he gave him like a neck breaker over his hip, basically. So he, he didn't DDT him, but still, that could hurt you. Mm -hmm. Hip bones are, are pretty strong. Now, look, Rashawn, he's going for his... Going for the elbow. Yep, and look at him selling the whole way, man. And this is the beauty about him having a, a move that's a trademark in the ring and a move that's a trademark from the top. You could take an hour to climb up there because everyone's terrified look that Taker's going to get up. Oh, make it up in time, yeah. yeah. And look at Taker still lying there. Yep. But as a fan, you're like, quick, before he gets up. Or yeah. Taker, get up before he gets to the top. Yep. It's the perfect place. And Sean's struggling, and he's, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, look at the shake in the room. Can I make it? Can yeah. I do it? Look at, oh, you kind of did the teeny totter yeah. thing. Oh, he Right there. It. Yeah. That's where he caught him. And right now when I go check on him, he's like, tell him I'm sorry. Well, he hit him in the, hit him in the <laughs> face with yeah, his elbow. Yeah, hit him in the face with his elbow. I went to go tell Taker. Sean said he's sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And probably Taker probably didn't even feel anything, you know. No, didn't didn't even sell it. St stiff shots keep you keep you awake. See, and Taker, I mean, he just moved his leg. Me meaning, hmm? how, do you, how do you mean? He still had moved. Oh, gotcha. He's still <laughs> down and out. Yeah, yeah, he's still down and out. Look at that. 
And Sean, still sounding like a mofo and yeah. tuning up the band, dude. Yeah. It's so funny how thrown away super kicks are nowadays. Oh, back back here, this was the move. Yes. Now you see five of these every match. And people are kicking out. Or, yeah, or not even getting covered. Yeah. Look at, oh. That was a Made good that one, sound too. Right yeah. yeah. It, it's exactly what it needed to be. Mm -hmm. And look at him struggling to get it. Yeah. Look at that. Getting the leg. Here comes Big Marty. Come on. Look at the crowd. <laughs> Dude, you got him. Yeah. Are you ever worried that the guy's not going to put his shoulder up and you're going to pull off anyways? Because you can't tell me that you would have enough instinct to cover. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I mean, with, with guys like yourself and Taker and Sean and all that, I really don't sweat that. Yeah. With, with other guys that I've worked with, I mean, have I worried about it? Yeah. Have I counted people out? Yeah. Because it's like, dude, you're not going to shit on me. But aren't you I mean, told that, though, if a guy doesn't get his shoulder oh, up? Absolutely, absolutely. Like, that's I mean, a Vince rule, right? That's yeah. a Vince rule. You know, if they're not kicking out, count them. Gotcha. Even on the outside, if guys aren't getting in, count them count out. Them out. Yep. Now, count obviously, out. things are a little different in a big, giant match like this. But if yeah. you're talking about, you know, the third match on the show... Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Exactly. I love this, too. They're just using each other to stand up. See, and I'm still selling from what happened earlier. Yeah, it was, this was great, the exchange great. when they were showing, throwing bombs at each other. Taker's got great punches. See, look, he, his hands are up. Yeah, like you a know? boxer. Yeah. Like they would be. Sean's got great punches, too. These are some old school Texas brothers here showing their... Yeah. Uh, their uh, territorial uh, 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 tutorials that they learned back when they were teenagers, probably. Probably working that, that area right there, too, when, when the territories yeah, were Houston, there. Yeah, yeah. I think Taker was Dallas, and Sean was obviously San Antonio, yeah. Kansas City. But See, and nobody, at this point, nobody knew who was going to win. I was just going to say the same thing. Nobody knows what to expect. And also, how? We've seen super kicks and, and choke slams and uh, tombstones Tomb and elbows and the last ride, every last ride, Goga Plata, everything. Yep. So, see, look at the crowd. They're, they're just, you just don't know. Yeah. The drama is just amazing. Another thing I was going to say, too, is even though Sean is probably, I don't know, almost a foot shorter than Taker, you don't even notice it in this match at this point. It's no. put together so well. It's not big guy, little guy. It's just two guys beating the crap out of each other. And 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 also not beating the crap out of each other. It's no. not like one of those New Japan matches where they're hitting each other in the face with those forearms back and forth or headbutts. They're just having a match, a match which is uh, designed to put both guys over and not hurt each other, yeah. which is what wrestling is supposed to be. Yeah. And, and they're telling a story. They, they told a story. I mean... The way that both of them sold in this match and, and the way that they, their facials, their body language, I mean, just everything just yeah. told the story. Well, the story that I'm getting is that, oh, here we go. So there's a moonsault. So that's the one he couldn't hit. Perfect. Couldn't have nailed it any better. Mm -hmm. He came across not super fast. Brilliant. Brilliant. What a finish, eh? Jeez yeah. Louise, man. Yeah, and, and also, too, let me just throw this out as well. We haven't mentioned yet. The call of Jim Ross. Yeah. A, a, a Jim Ross for a match that's a big match is the best big match caller. Absolutely. If it's a low-level match, Jim might get a little whatever. But for a match like this, 
on the top of his game. Yeah, you, you know, it was great. I mean, listening to this afterwards, Ross says it a little afterwards. He goes, oh, my God, I think I just saw heaven. <laughs> and I go, wow, you know, for Jim Ross to say that and for me to be a part of that match, I yeah. mean, it's like, man. And what was great, at, at the after party, Cowboy Bill Watts was there. And I went up and I introduced myself to him. And Cowboy goes, you were the referee for that Undertaker match this evening, weren't you? And I said, yes, sir, I was. And he goes, you did a great job in there. He goes, without you, that match wouldn't have been what it was. And JR standing right there at the bar, and he goes, oh, my God, Marty, I'm getting goosebumps, dude. Look at that. Yeah. He says, for you to get a compliment from, from the Cowboy like that, that's rare. Mm. You better take it. Well, he's a huge Watts fan, too. And I was like, holy schmoly. So, yeah, it was so great. So what, what are you feeling right now? Well, w when I see stuff like this, it's like, all right, I don't have a job in WWE. <laughs> Say it one more time, sorry. I said, oh, I don't have a job in WWE. Even though I worked the greatest match in WrestleMania history, yeah, I, I don't have a match there. <laughs> I don't have a job there. How much longer was it that you were in the company? Uh, July. And this is April? This is April. So we'll, and we'll get that in a second, but I still want to stay with the match for a bit. So <laughs> yeah. three months later, unbelievable, but yeah, we'll get to that. Absolutely. So so you're feeling uh, uh, like you're obviously you're a part of it. In Mexico City, as you know, when there's a great match, they throw money into the yes. ring. And when you take the money back, you count it. And if you're in a six man, you divide it by seven guys, yes. including the referee. Yeah, absolutely. If it's a single match, you divide it with... You earned your money thrown in. Yes. What did... Uh, what did uh, Taker and, and the cooks, uh, we'll watch the replays here. When you go to the back, obviously, mm -hmm. probably Sean's get carted out or whatever. When you guys get through Gorilla, are you going back to the Gorilla or did you have to walk around? No, Sean and I walked around because Taker's doing his his 17 and 0. And, and at Mean Shaker, went to, uh, me and Sean went to the side of the ramp and on the side of the stage. And as we came through the side, everybody was standing by the monitors. And as Sean and I walked through, uh, Shane Helms, Hurricane, was standing there, and Sean and I are coming, you know, back together, and he stops us, and he goes, hold on, hold on, hold on, y'all. And we're like, uh-huh. He goes, my God. He goes, man, if there's a motherfucking mercy rule in wrestling, they better throw that motherfucking towel in right now, because ain't nobody going to follow that. <laughs> like Hurricane talking like he's from the woods. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we walked, we, we started heading into the uh, the trainer's room. And Cody stops me and he goes, oh, my God, that was incredible. Mm. That was insane. So Sean and I walked into the trainer's room. And then uh, about five minutes later, Taker comes in and they're literally carting him in. And Vince comes in, Michael Hayes and Pat Patterson, because he's still up right here. So he's still out of it. Oh, he's still out of it. Wow, Taker's Big still time. out of it. So wow. Taker goes into the training room with Chris Brennan and stuff and he just falls flat on the table, dude. Just falls, literally just falls. And we're all in there and stuff. And Vince comes running in and he says, are you okay, Mark? And Taker's still loopy and stuff. And then about 30 seconds later, Triple H comes in, barges in. He's got the title. And he goes, oh, he throws it down on the floor. And he goes, how the fuck am I going to follow that? <laughs> I can't go out there now. Yeah. And we're like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So did uh, what did the guys say to you? What did Taker and, and, and Sean, anything you recall? Yeah, Sean thanked me for being in there. Mm -hmm. And he told me, you know, he was glad that I was in there because uh, he, um, you know, really knew that I would be a part of it and, and I would really want to be there. And then Taker thanked me the next day in Austin. 
it was funny because instinct just told me, you know, just like our, our, our great American bash in 2008, the blood one, something just told me the next day to get my referee jersey signed. And I remember the next day after our bash one in New York, I had you and Sean sign it. It was all full of blood. Mm. And I said something. And to have it signed like that day, you know, fresh blood stains on it and everything else. I mean, it, mm. it's still, it's a big piece of history, man. Mm -hmm. And so the next day in Austin, Texas, I had takers sign my referee jersey. I said, can you sign this? And he's like, absolutely. And he's signing my jersey. And he looks at me and he goes, you know, Marty? He goes, I'd have been better off if you had caught me. Mm. And I said, I'd have caught you. <laughs> and he goes, well, I guess we'll never know. Mm. But uh, I'm sure, you know, that if they did the 26 one, I'm sure that I would have been in that one too. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, as fate would have it, you know, I, I wasn't part of the company. And, um, you know. Did, did you talk to Vince at all after the, did he say anything? Or does Vince ever, does Vince ever give any co compliments to a ref? Unless it's a specific bump or something? No, I mean, when, when we were all in there uh, after the fact, Vince just came in and, he says, is everything okay? And I said, yeah, everything's great. He goes, okay. He's like, thank you. Sh Shane thanked me. Mm -hmm. Shane, Shane was in there too. And Shane's like, oh, that was great, man. That was great. You know, thanks for being in there. And I'm like, mm -hmm. dude, you know, no, no worries. I mean, it was, it was an honor to be in there. And, and at that point, I mean, none of us knew what that match was going to be. I mean, we, were, we did it. And then, you know, people. You never know, right? You just yeah. never know. You just never Even know. Even when you're done. You come well, yeah. out of there. And yeah, when you're some done. Some days you feel like it's just another day at the office yeah but you know i will say this that being in that match you could feel it and, and you just knew that the stars and the moons and everything were, were aligned that night mm -hmm. because i mean looking at it i mean it was perfect mm -hmm. and sean has said that to me taker told that to me in november you know that that was perfect i mean if they could call one of their matches perfect that was the match that was perfect that would divine i mean really define their careers and, you know, knowing, you know, that I'm a part of that and I'll always be a part of that no matter what. I mean, it was great. And I got a slammy for that, too. Mm -hmm. Match of the year. Yeah. Got a slammy for that. Did they, did, they, did they let you keep it? Yeah, I, I got it. I had to give mine back after I won it. <laughs> <laughs> so at least you got that. But, you know, it was cool. Sean actually sent it to me. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Sean sent it to me. And it, it was great. You know, I mean, you know, because when you look at it, I mean, after the fact, I mean, when, when I get questioned and people meet me or whatever you know they they they, they uh, say hey man what's your favorite match of all time wrestlemania 25 so what led to the circumstances you keep alluding to it that that had you go three months later if that's something you want to talk about absolutely i i've never really shared it with people i mean i have once in a while privately and everything and i know you and i have had discussions about this but in a nutshell I was let go because I violated the company dress code, WWE dress code. I uh, wore a KISS t-shirt, and I denied wearing a KISS t-shirt. And uh, I got to the building. Unbeknownst to me, uh, Johnny Ace and Kevin Dunn had seen me in a limo when they were waiting for Vince. Kevin Dunn told uh, uh, Johnny that I was out of dress code, so I went to the building, and I was doing my stooge duty where I had to check everybody in. And uh, you I, have to make sure everybody gets yeah, there on sure time, gets like curfew, time yeah. stuff, yeah, so... You know, th there's always a call time. So referees are always delegated that shitty task. And um, I, I went into catering and Johnny and Kevin and Mark Caron were sitting at a table. And Johnny seen me and he goes, Marty, what the f*** you doing wearing a Kiss t-shirt? And I said, well, uh, I'm sorry, I just put it on. And of course, he caught me off guard because here you got Kevin Dunn, you got Mark Carano and him sitting at a table. And I'm walking in, you know, business as usual, not figuring anything. 
And he goes, don't you know we got a dress code? And I go, yeah, I understand that. Why the f*** you wearing a Kiss t-shirt? And I said, I just put it on, John. I'm sorry. I'll go change right now. And he says, well, God damn it, go change. Well, why were you wearing a Kiss shirt? Because I, uh, it was uh, the last shirt that I had that was clean. You know, when you're running around on a loop and you're out on the road and stuff, you know, your shirts or whatever, you know, you're having a good time or you're, you know, you dirty. Kisser's, a kiss shirt to the venue. Yes. And you were going to change to your ref stuff? Ref or, stuff. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Or just stuff that I, I was putting on a WWE shirt or shorts and then went out and walked through my matches gotcha. or, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or had to be there for rehearsals and mm -hmm, stuff. Mm -hmm. But it was the only shirt that I had and I was wearing slacks with a kiss t-shirt. I was waiting in valet at the Marriott in Washington, D.C. And I remember it vividly. And uh, I got a call, and I remember Carano telling me, hey, Johnny needs to talk to you. So I called Johnny, and Johnny goes, I got to let you go. What? I got to let you go. Why? Budget. Okay. And then, you know, of course, after the fact, you know, you, you hear shit. But, you know, the, the thing that really kills me, too, is, you know, it's been 10 years. I mean, you know, it, did, did I really commit a sin that was unforgivable? You know, and, and, and I actually feel right now with WWE... And I'll say this to to them now because I'm sure people will hear that I I have a persona non grata status with them. Don't know why. Do I really give a f no? You know because I'm persona non grata meaning like if you show up at the yeah if I that, show up I, I get kicked out. Really? Have you been kicked out before? I, I've been kicked out. You know because I actually went to SummerSlam uh, afterwards and Ty Bailey at, at the time who's a piece of shit and I'll say that <laughs> on air um, had me kicked out. You know and and the thing is you know. They always say, oh, family, you know, you're always there and whatever and this and that. You know, I mean, you know, I... I, I do you think it might have had something to do stemming from what you just said earlier about some other refs coming up and telling you that you were in the wrong for Sean basically putting you in the match and taking somebody else out? Absolutely. And, you know, I always got shit because of the fact that you and I were friends. Right. Sean and I were friends. Right. We rode together. You know, like who the... F is this lowly referee riding with top guys? Mm. You know, like that was almost like trying to suck, suck ass, suck ass, and oh my god! And a lot of people, I, and I know John Laurinaitis for a fact was really insecure because he felt you know that I would get into Sean's ear and tell Sean this or what, just because we were friends, you know. But 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 I've never looked at that shit. I mean, mm. that way, you know, guys are my friends. You're my friend because we have shit in common. Right. We love music. We. We talk about family. We, yeah, we have we, similar, we similar personalities. Interests. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, so it's never been a thing where I've gone, hey, Chris, Chris. I mean, it was. it's never been like mm. that, dude. I mean, even with Sean, it was never, hey, man, it was mm. never like that, you know? And, you know, we all know how insecure the wrestling community is mm -hmm. and, and people. Did you, know, you tell Sean? Did you talk to him at all when you got let go? Did you reach yeah, out to him? Yeah, I, I called him and I told him what went down and. I actually called Hunter, and, and Hunter goes, well, uh, I guess we'll see you around. And I went, okay, mm. cool. And, you know, have I reached out through the years? Yeah, I've reached out. But, you know, obviously, you know, they never have anything, which is bullshit. Because, Crazy's got nothing for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, you know, they, yeah. they, they've hired 10,000 refs since I've been gone. And I wonder if it was a, a, a kind of a war at the time, too. Not a war, but like, a, like if Kevin Dunn's telling Johnny Ace, don't you have control over your guys? You know, you don't have... Because I heard it was like, you don't have any, you know, nuts at all if you don't fire him for that. Yeah. And so then it becomes a political war, right? Yeah. And, and you, you know, get I'm, sure, in the middle. I'm sure Johnny was scared of Kevin and didn't want to yeah. have heat with Kevin. And I get it. But, you know, like I said, it's been 10 years with all the shit that I've done since then. Lucha Underground, Mexico, Japan, Glow. Glow. I mean, now TV you're working production. Working for Vince Neil. Working for Vince Slaughter. Neil, Slaughter. Yeah. 
I mean, it's like, really, guys? You, you, you can't use a guy like me with my background doing all the shit in Lucha Underground, getting all the extras, getting people gigs, getting people, you know, brought in. I mean, dealing with all the rings, production setup, sitting in creative. I mean, it's like, I, I'm more than just a lowly fucking referee. And, and I never wanted to become a victim to the wrestling business. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that you taught me a long time ago, dude, when we would ride... You would always tell me, you know, there's more to life than wrestling and you can do whatever the f*** you want mm -hmm. to do. And I go do it. Yeah. And you have to because if you're caught under the thumb and always wishing and, and wanting, you'll never live your life. And look at all the cool stuff you've done since then. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know life goes on and, you know. Whether, if they called you, would you go back? I would have to discuss it mm -hmm. and I would have to see what it was. I mean, right now I got a lot of shit going on. Yeah. I mean, which is great. Yeah, and it's I mean, all good stuff. Right too. now, I I I I have some conversations with people. You know, would I like to talk to AEW more? Absolutely. You mm -hmm. know, I love what's going on there. You know, I know Del Rio and Chavo got their stuff going down in Mexico City, Nacion Lucha Libre. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe have a conversation with those guys too. WWE. You know, if they ever want to talk, and and I've reached out to to Hunter, but he and I have have scheduled things. But you know, he's so damn busy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like. Okay. Well, the bottom line is this. Once again, one of the three guys in the ring for the greatest match that I've ever mm -hmm. seen. Absolutely. And watching it again, just amazing and uh, really cool to hear your perspective on that. Because even, even me, I've never really sat down with the ref, with you, with anybody and said, like, what are you guys doing during this or that and the other thing? So uh, very, very cool to uh Thank you. To chat I, I, I really appreciate guy. it, Chris. And, you know, you and I are boys. And, Vato! Vatito! Vatito! <laughs> it's funny because... Uh, you know, I I never ask you to sign shit or, or anything like that. You know, but I I just want to mention this that you and I where we're at. It's I remember the first time I ever asked you to sign a book. You just grabbed it from me, and I didn't even ask you. You just grabbed the book, and you signed it, and I didn't even look at it. I I took it home, put it away, and about a week later, I pulled out the book because I wanted to read it, and the inscription was Chupa mi verga. <laughs> And we'll let you guys Google it to find out what that means. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, bud.